This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. This, uh, at least here in LA, lovely Sunday morning, different than last week, which wasn't so lovely. Anyway, it's nice, blue skies, a little chilly. Uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't, you know, for us, it gets to 60, we're complaining. Um, some parts of the country are below zero. So, uh, anyway, but we're here for you, we're here for your pets here on Instagram Live and on Pet Life Radio. Uh, a couple of ways to get a hold of me here on Pet Life Radio, the easy way, 877 385 888. Eight two, pick up the phone toll free. All right, or you can join me here live. The best way to do it, and that is go on to Pet Life Radio, click on Shows, Ask the Vets with Doctor Jeff, click on Shows, and you will be there. So uh, again, number eight seven seven three eight five eight 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 two, or Instagram Live. So that's the uh, the easy way to get a hold of me. So anyway, as you know, I like to peruse the news. I'm always looking for some good questions that you can send to me. And um, I hope you've been following what's going on with Mason. Mason, yes, I have a grandson named Mason too, but no, this is Mason the dog that was pulled from by Wags and Walks, a great rescue that I work with. And um, Mason had these, literally the saddest dog, these tumors all over the body, actually about three to four pounds of tumors we removed. And two of them were just heavy, weighing down. One was on the right hind leg, one was on the left hind leg. And they were this poor dog. And interesting, I was talking to one of our other rescues who happened to see Mason in my office and say, wait a second, we looked at that dog and I, he went to his superiors at this particular rescue and they didn't think it was a good bet to take him because he was really in bad shape. And um, I can understand that too. But anyway, I'm so glad that Wags and Walks took this dog. Why? Because we did the surgery. We knew they were mast cells. Mast cells are, are malignant tumors. And, uh, but we, we had to do something. So I had a, a blast literally taking these tumors off. There's some video you can see of the surgery, but mostly before and after. It is amazing. The transition, the transformation, absolutely amazing. And um, he is now, I posted just the other day of him. Now he's almost healed. We're going to take the stitches out this week. And there he is. He's chasing a ball, running around, tail wagging. It is the most amazing thing. I hear this term. I'm not like an Instagrammer or a social media guy. And um, you hear about something going viral. Well, Mason went viral. He's up to like 2.8 million views, 60 some odd thousand comments. And, and it, it's unbelievable. So, but you got to see, because, you know, as I mentioned, when I posted the, him, uh, the pictures of him running around and, and having a blast, it's like, this is what it's all about. This is the part of what I do every day that makes it so rewarding that I want to continue to do it because this is truly giving life back. And I, I always say that when you do certain life-saving surgeries, you know, you know, it was, it was these hands that actually changed this animal's life. There's no better feeling for a guy like me who happens to love animals to be able to do that. And you know, I feel so blessed that I'm given the opportunities to do it. But man, I, I got to tell you, it's a phenomenal feeling. So if you can check out Mason. Also, for some of you, I thought maybe you like to see this. Is I just got this this week. I don't know if you can see it. It says, I got to get it lined up. All right. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Did you see that? 
be the person your dog thinks you are. And, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. My my dogs love me. They think I'm the best. I'm not so sure, but that's my goal. That's my goal. So anyway, any questions before I start thinking about some things we can talk about? All right. In the meantime, while you guys are getting the courage to ask me something, uh, again, Pet Life Radio, um, 877-385-8882, or just join us live. It's so much easier. This is pet telemedicine at its finest. So uh, meanwhile, we have holidays coming up. I left our show last week, just starting to um, talk about this. So number one, we'd talk about the decorations. Yeah, be really, really careful. There's certain things on trees, um, menorahs that are potentially dangerous as you're decorating. Obviously, ribbons, cats love ribbons. So when you're wrapping things and the kids are unwrapping their gifts, make sure you throw the ribbons tinsel. My funny one, growing up, with, you know, having Labradors for almost my whole life. So on the Christmas trees, they have these balls, these glass balls that are hanging from the tree. That's fantastic. My, my Labrador would look into a tree like that and say, oh my God, this is heaven. This is heaven. And he'd be trying to bite those balls. So if you have pets that like to chase like tennis balls and you play with them with that, be very, very careful about trees that have these dangling glass balls hanging. Other things, you know, the snow globes, you know, you know what they put in there to make that everything, it's got like a, a viscosity to it. So the, the snow kind of floats. That's antifreeze. So be really careful with that. If it falls and breaks, that's a problem. The menorah, candles, cats, flickering light. Cats love, tonight's the first light. So cats love flickering light and they might want to get up and play with it. So lighting any candle anytime should never be unattended. You want to be very, very, very safe with that. Certainly, uh, what else do we have? Oh, electrical cords. I mean, there are dogs. And if you have bunnies, bunnies like to chew on electrical cords. Cats, dogs, they all play with it. So if you are going to have a lighted tree or a lighted menorah, what you want to do is get the type that run on a 12-volt transformer or on batteries. You plug it into 120 volts, they bite into that cord. That's a problem. But if you put in a transformer, 12-volt, it takes the 120 household current, drops it down to 12. If an animal bites on 12 volts, it's not that bad. I mean... I mean, it's not good. Hopefully they'll learn their lesson. Probably they won't, but at least it's not going to burn their mouth or, or give them electric shock to the point of death. So uh, yeah, again, we want to be very, very careful about that. And then how about the foods? You know, foods are always an issue. Again, we love them. The problem is our pets usually love them as well. And so there are things to, to watch out. Obviously, chocolates, alcohol, I mean, there are pets that like to drink alcohol. They like the taste or whatever. I told you my story about my dog with a beer back in college. So raisins, things with raisins, nuts. A lot of nuts can be toxic. Onions, if you're making something with raw onions or raw garlic, that could be a problem as well. So uh, also, I guess nowadays we have to report about this, edibles. And that is that, yes, a dog gets a hold of something. Again, I always say that you know, the, back in, the, in my day, it was, the, it was the brownies, the Alice B. Toklas brownies. But if we were to eat one of those, it would be probably one or maybe even a half. Well, dogs don't necessarily care about what's inside. They're going to clear that plate in no time and they may pay the price later on. So again, it's a very celebratory time of year. It's a lot of fun. Family, you know, keep your dogs you know, in check and your cats in check. If people are coming in and out of the house, you want to make sure they are in a different room, keep it safe, make sure they have their ID. It's basic, basic, common sense pet care. Again, it shouldn't detract from your celebration, from your fun, but you also want to be as inclusive as one could be. And, um, and that's what I would recommend. A question came in here on Instagram. Do large dogs need to be on Brevecto year round? Can we skip winter since it's cold? 
Great question. First of all, it's nothing to do with the size of the dog. All right. Fleas are fleas are fleas. And they, they might attack a big dog. They might attack a small dog. And one of my cats, well, I have five indoor cats, indoor only. And my dogs don't seem to have fleas. And there's one cat. His name is Ponzu. It's a big cat, but one cat that I don't know where they're coming from, but he gets fleas. And twice I've had to like bathe him and give him one of the flea medications. He can be loaded with fleas and flea dirt. And I look at all four of the other cats, not a one. So obviously Ponzu is very sweet. Whatever taste those fleas like, he's got it. And uh, they go after him. Now, now, as far as whether to do any kind of the fleek products, so I like Provecto, I like NextGuard, Credilio, Semperica, year-round or not really depends on your location. Uh, it could be cold for fleas, but ticks do well during the winter. So if you live in a wooded area, even during the winter, you're not worried about fleas, but you have to worry about ticks. So the recommendations really all depends on where you live. Now, here in Southern California, we don't see, I don't seem to get a lot of fleas during the um, winter. So you can, you can hold off for a couple of months. Flea season really starts pretty much in March and it goes till September occasionally, if it's really hot, October. So you might get a couple of months in between three, four months, five months that you can do without. But check with your veterinarian. If you are in a tick area, then it should be year round. If you are in the South or especially the Southeast, but you know, from Texas on, on eastward in the south, fleas are year-round and they are bad, as is heartworm. So you have to watch out for mosquitoes too. It's not just fleas. And in fact, here in Southern California, we are starting to see more mosquitoes. And with that will come heartworm disease. So now we're talking about year-round protection against heartworms. And two of the flea products, one is called Credilio Plus and Semperica Trio, both for one month. And they do fleas, ticks, and heartworm. So you want to check with your veterinarian and think about if, again, if you are in an area. Now, when it comes to heartworm, I make a recommendation that you should still have your pets tested, certainly before you start any kind of treatment. But even once they're on treatment, it wouldn't be a bad idea. It's a quick in-office you know, in test to test your heartworm once every 12 to 18 months. Another reason for this is that many of the heartworm products will guarantee their product. And in order to prove that at some point while you were on this, you were, um, uh, uh, the dog was on prevention, but was started out and was proven to be heartworm negative, then they have no uh, discussion. They will probably end up paying for your heartworm treatment. So you want to check with the companies of the products you're using, see what kind of guarantee they have. But many of the heartworm prevention products will guarantee their, their product. Here in Santa Monica was a question about fleas. You know, again, I don't see a lot of ticks in my practice. Occasionally, yes, people to do a lot of hiking, going to the Santa Monica Mountains, go to the Runyon Canyon. They might pick up ticks. So in that case, I would stay year round. But if you're in Santa Monica and you're not seeing fleas at all, you know, if you want to take a break, I'm okay with it. Um, I don't do my dogs in the middle of winter. Not Again, <laughs> we in Santa Monica and West LA should not be complaining about winter. But, you know, go to the Northeast, go to the Midwest, you want to complain about winter. Yeah, try, try being in Kansas City or uh, Minnesota or uh, during Chicago during the winter. You'll get a feel for what it's like to, to, to be cold. So anyway, hope that answered your question. So other things, back to the, the holidays, plants, um, poinsettia can cause some mouth irritation. All right, mistletoe, large quantities can also cause some GI irritation. They're not toxic per se. It's not like, like eating something's like a fern, all right, that could be like deadly if ingested. Uh, lilies for cats. Even the water that a lily is in can be very dangerous. 
but they cause some uh, breathing issues, possibly maybe some slow heart rate from mistletoe. Again, be careful. Holly berries also cause GI upset and lethargy, and they also decrease appetite. So I wanted to do, well, actually, we're getting close to our halfway show. Uh, let's do this. You guys think of questions, think of questions. Mark, do you want to send me that? I'm going to go to my chat. Hold on. There was a question that came in here. All right. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. Ah, renal dysplasia. Yes. Um, I'm doing some homework. So this is a question about renal dysplasia. Um, it's a congenital problem. And uh, when she was eight weeks, they took her home. She was two and a half pounds. She ended up also being hermaphrodite. So, but that, I don't think that's linked, but maybe it is. Maybe that same, I mean, they're really different systems, the kidneys and the re- reproductive tract per se. But anyway, our vet hasn't had much experience with renal dysplasia and nor have I. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to Una, that's for you and Katie. Uh, so I guess Katie is, is the owner. Una is the dog. I'm uh, doing some homework. It's a weekend. So I can't get a hold of my Dr. David Feldman, who is my, my guru, internal medicine specialist. He is the smartest guy I know. And um, so I'm going to talk to David and see what light he can shed on this problem of renal dysplasia. And then I will answer you. And I will also just share it with you because again, hopefully you'll never have to deal with a pet with renal dysplasia. In my many years, both as a veterinarian and as a pet parent, I have never had a dog or a cat with renal dysplasia. So I I don't know enough about it. I haven't seen one in practice myself. Some renal diseases, yes. Some congenital renal uh, problems. We're dealing with a dog actually now who's very stable. The values and the dog's behavior and urinary and elimination patterns don't mesh up because based on his tests, he should be a lot sicker than he is. We thought maybe he was one of those Santa Monica dogs that had lepto. And we know that leptospirosis uh, ruins the kidneys, but his titers are all good. So we think he might have a renal dysplasia. We're not sure. But unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do, obviously, other than treating normal renal things, making sure he has fluids, he doesn't get dehydrated, making sure he's on some sort of renal friendly diet and tincture of time. But this dog, you know, it's interesting. He's reached a point where his values aren't getting any worse. They're not good. Trust me, they're not good, but they're not getting any worse. And to look at him, he's a French bulldog. He is a happy, happy dog. So, you know, that could be, uh, you know, one of the things we, uh, we have to deal with. Now, as far as renal transplants, I, am, I know they're doing it in cats. I don't know yet if they've mastered the dog. But all I can tell you is if you're thinking about it, it is very expensive. We're talking twenty-five to $30,000. So um, you'd have to have a pretty special pet. And there's 
no guarantee, and they have to be on anti-rejection meds. And in the cases of cats, you have to adopt the cat that is donating the kidney. So you have to add one more cat to your household. So anyway, just saying, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, if you have an extra 30 grand sitting around, not making money for you, and you can afford it, uh, and if you have a cat with a renal problem like this, it may be worth it, but um, that becomes a very philosophical discussion and uh, I'm not going there. So uh, I don't want to be, I'm not, I don't want to be the bad guy. So anyway, let's move on. So I'm very happy to announce that another municipality, this one is in Clark County, Nevada, has now banned, well, it's going to take a, some time to set in, but the official order has been now passed down. They are banning pet shops from selling live rabbits, dogs, cats, and even pot-bellied pigs. I guess pot-bellied pigs are a problem. So, um, which is good. I mean, this is suit that many, many, many cities and municipalities have already done. It's been happened here in LA a long time ago. You can rescues, which obviously do that, are selling because they have to pull them out of the shelters. They have to fix them up. They have to spay new to them. They have to get them all up to date on their vaccines and they have to care for them until they get adopted. So yes, I mean, it's not like paying a purebred dog and you know you're getting a rescue dog, but there is a rescue fee that most rescues um, ask for. And um, I think that is, there was a, a pet shop that I used to work for years ago and I saw this trend happening. And I said to them, I said, guys, they were willing. I got a call from one of the animal rights, more of, a, of an animal welfare group. Let me do this way. He's a great guy. I've worked with him in the past. And he says, Jeff, this is happening. You know, you can see it happening. Why don't you take this one pet shop? It was a very highly visible pet shop in probably one of the most popular malls in Los Angeles, which was called the Beverly Center. And he told me what they wanted to do. They wanted to have a flagship model and they were willing to help cover the costs. They were going to have them transition to shelter rescue pets only, no more breeders, no more puppy mills, and it's still a pet shop. So it's still selling supplies. They will be obviously able to reasonably offer a price, put a price tag on these pets. And uh, they were going to bring in press. They were going to bring in celebrities. This was the best thing that could happen to the pet world. And we wanted you, this pet store, to be the flagship and these idiots. And I told them, go for it, because otherwise you're going to have to close down. It's just the writing was on the wall and they refused. Guess what? They closed. They had to. In fact, the bad press was so bad. <laughs> from the good, from the bad press people perspective, it was great that the mall didn't renew their lease because they said they, don't, they, they can't have picket lines out there. They can't do this. And they had an opportunity to be a hero. And they blew it. And uh, you know what? I said, don't be greedy. And that's what it's all about. It's all about greed. They, you, know, you can't obviously get the same amount of money. And they just said, well, no, they can't touch us. We're too big. Well, guess what? You're not that big. And they touched you. So anyway. All right. I think we may have talked. There's a new drug out. I don't know how many of you show fans have cats. I have five. Um, cats can get type 2 diabetes, regardless of age. Um, it's, it's adult onset diabetes. And often associated with obesity, just like it is in people. Anyway, a new drug called Bexacat, B-E-X-A-C-A-T. More, it's about at least 80% effective in improving the glycemic control in cats with type 2 diabetes, which is what you, they usually have. That means, means it's not insulin dependent. Sometimes you have to put them on insulin to get them at least balanced. But a, a lot of times there are some medications. So this is a new medication, very effective. Of course, like any med, has some side effects. And you want to talk to your doctor, but your veterinarian. But anyway, that's really good news because I do see diabetic cats. And, you know, again, if you have to end up giving them shots all the time, cats don't always like getting shots. I'm sure you've 
<laughs> You've seen that before when you're taking your cat to the office. So yeah, it's um, just uh, just know that uh, it's it's something out there that's pretty good. This is two sad stories about animals, kind of more famous. Number one, the LA Zoo had to say goodbye to Evelyn, a 46-year-old Western lowland gorilla. And by the way, 46 for a gorilla, even in natural, I mean, in captivity, that's very good. They, it's usually 35 to 40. She made it to 46. And in the, in the wild, there have been rare reports of one making it to 55 or 60. Very rare. So 46, it's a good age. She was been in the zoo her whole life. Apparently, there was a story she got out at one point out of her enclosure and just started walking around the zoo and she was picking stuff up. And uh, uh, she was having a blast. So it's like, you know, when my cat gets out of the house and just starts roaming around the property, but that's what she was doing. But anyway, she's gone. And it's very sad to announce that they had to put P22 to sleep. P22 was that mountain lion that was living around Griffith Park here in, in Los Angeles, uh, became like a celebrity and was roaming around. They think possibly her demise was was hit by a car and was injured. The veterinarians, the zoo vets were working on P-22, questioning whether or not P-22 was in good enough shape. And uh, the sad thing is finally it had to be euthanized. And that was a drag. Everybody was um, kind of very unhappy about it. And uh, we're rooting for this mountain lion. But also had uh, two incidents of killing one. I think one was a dog, a little dog. One was a cat. It was on the prowl. But people literally would see this this mountain lion just walking in neighborhoods. And uh, very sad because apparently the attention was national attention on P22. I mean, people were talking about it all the time, not just here in L.A., but everywhere. So uh, I thought that um, anyway. So influenza. Influenza, I wanted to report on this too. So, and again, I have to preface this by saying you can even teach an old dog new tricks. When the influenza vaccine first came out, the H3N8, and one of the manufacturing companies made a vaccine. They were having free testing. I tested probably, I don't know, 30 dogs and not one, not one was positive. I just wasn't pushing it. Then a new strain, H3N2. And so now we have H3N8, H3N2. And this one seems to be virulent and much more easily transmissible. So there are now many, many cases reported. There are many establishments, shelters and daycares and group, uh, boarding facilities that have had cases of influenza, canine influenza, and because of it, it had to shut down for two weeks. And what kind of business that's in business to board and to provide daycare services and agility and all that stuff. These dogs come in groomers and have to shut down. That's their livelihood. So they are now requiring the vaccine. And I have to tell you that I'm sort of slowly getting on board with that, that it might be something that we, um, we have to just think about doing, especially if you frequent those types of places. Don't be surprised if it's no longer just a temper parvo, rabies, and bordetella. Now, it also is going to be influenza and some even lepto. I think the lepto craze and that, that fear is dying down a bit. It's not as prevalent. We're not seeing as many cases. I'm, I haven't seen any in a long time. But influenza, talk to your veterinarian, but there's a good chance that you might end up starting to uh, have your pet vaccinated against influenza. Also, if you're starting off from scratch, it's a series of two, three to four weeks apart, even two to four weeks apart. I think three to four weeks apart. And then once a year. So one more we have time for. Actually, one sad one. I'm going to save. Uh, I'll do one next week. So this was sad. Speaking of diseases, rabies. Now, you know, I had to get a rabies shot when I started veterinary school. And I still have really high titer. 
They say that, you know, people that are in, in working with wild animals, zoo uh, veterinarians, exotic animals, veterinarians usually are going to keep up on the rabies shots. But this one's scary. A seven-year-old boy said, told his parents that he thinks he was bitten by a bat. Okay. They looked at him. They didn't see any signs of bite wounds, any scratches. So they kind of ignored the kid, seven years old. About a week later, he started complaining about a little numbness in his right arm that ended up going into severe pain in his right arm. And at which point they took him to the doctor. And sure enough, he tested positive for rabies. 22 days later, he died. So bottom line here, first of all, parents, listen to your kids. Secondly, if there is any even remote possibility of exposure to a rabid animal where you touched it in any way, shape, or form, obviously, if there was no contact, it's tough. But if there was any contact, either you to the animal or the animal to you, see your doctor. All right. That same kid had they started the rabies treatment, which is often just a vaccine. It's one of the few diseases where you can vaccinate after the fact, after the exposure, and still be protective because it takes a while for it to start invading and the cells and causing its damage. So had that little boy gotten a vaccine right away, like the same day or the day next day, he probably would still be here. And, you know, it used to be, it was a very scary treatment. I have a neighbor across the street from me who grew up in Mexico, was bitten by a dog, rabbit, and he had to go through the treatments where they inject you into the app. I mean, it's scary. Now we've obviously come a long way and uh, it could be just one or two injections of the rabies shot and that could solve the problem. So anyway, hate to leave you on such a, a low note, but uh, it just, it, we have to learn from these. And the best way, again, learning from mistakes, they don't always have to be your mistakes. Sometimes it could be other people's mistakes as well. And um, anyway, take that to the bank. All right. Thanks for joining me here today. By the way, go check out Mason on Instagram. Send your likes. It's great. But it's uh, it's amazing story. And the dog, this is heaven. This is really, I'm so thrilled that he's doing as well as he's doing. And he's on medication for the mast cell tumors. And uh, so far at the incision sites, they look great. I'll see him again this week to take stitches and staples out. But so far, a really great happy end. All right. Next week here on Pet Life Radio, here at Instagram Live. Looking forward to it. Please, during the week, if you have any questions, anything you want to talk to me about, send them to me and we can talk about it on the show. Every question you have, I guarantee, between these two audiences is going to be helped by the information, the things that we talked about. All right? Instagram for Mason. No, just go to mine. It's Worbs underscore DBM right here. And you'll look at my posts and you'll see, or my reels, and you'll see uh, some stuff on, on Mason. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic. All right. See you next week, everybody. And again, love to hear from you. So if you have anything you want to talk about, please send it my way. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.